are listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. John. Tiny. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm great. I am super excited to be sitting here in the studio recording another episode of uh, Earth Oddity. Yeah. Keeping tabs on... uh, all that the odd that the earth has to offer and uh plenty of it to offer we're going to jump into the news stories in just a minute uh real quick i wanted to mention uh the facebook group uh Mm -hmm. there was a bit of a controversy last week uh on the pineapple on the pizza oh yeah apparently there's uh there's more people out there who like pineapple on their pizza than i originally thought but i am glad that we are in the majority yeah and i really feel like the people who who like the pineapple on the pizza, I think they're just misguided. They really yeah. need to be brought into the fold and realize that that's that that's not what they right. really like. No. And they're going against their own self-interest. Well, I, the thing that was most surprising to me is that I was friends and acquaintances with people who actually lived that life, yeah. you know, that pineapple on pizza life. And I'm, I'm really more ashamed of myself for not vetting my friend group more to uh, ostracize those people because that's really the best way to do it in my opinion you're in like a just old school shunning yeah you're like let's welcome them into the regular (laughs) the the real pizza thing and i'm like let's shun them to the edge of society well i will say i really put myself out there and i boldly declared that uh, we were going to do a facebook poll because i think that's probably the best way to find out you know the you know how issues how people feel about it and right. and what we should do I think the you know presidential election it should be a Facebook yeah. poll I I'll, think yeah polls are American and uh, I said you know what if I lose and uh, the majority of people like pineapple on the pizza I will eat a pineapple and anchovies pizza on YouTube and say that I'm wrong <laughs> and I had nothing to worry about no but you know? I, it was really a bold prediction. Or, you know, like stepping out in that. Because you threw anchovies in there. We yeah. didn't even discuss that. So I figured that would just be a punishment. Yeah, right. Know? Just to but, make it even worse. And also to make the pineapple taste a little better. <laughs> right. Yes. So, yeah. Give it some flavor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Golly. But nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about at all. Yeah, the majority of our Facebook group people, which if you're not a part of, go search it out. It's Earth Oddity. If not... You can find me or Tiny One on Facebook, yeah. and we'll get, we'll get you there. But uh, there's a lot of fun. If, yeah. If, oh, if yeah. you're not in the Facebook group, I feel like you're missing out. Yes, barrel of laughs. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's great. So much fun. So, well, anyway, by way of that, now we're going to get straight into the news here. This uh, this missile alert that went off in Hawaii. It's the story that keeps on giving. I mean, we're about a month past it happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still talking about it because apparently, headline here. This is from CNN. Hawaii's governor couldn't correct the false missile alert sooner because he forgot his Twitter password. <laughs> well, that happens, I guess. I kind of feel for the guy, to be honest. Remembering all these passwords is a pain. Well, that's why I only have, like, one password. If someone ever gets that password, they're <laughs> they hacking my entire life. You know, they're having everything that we have. They will find out how little much money I have in the bank, everything else. But, yeah, everything only one password. should be your thumbprint, I believe. Oh, I don't know, man. That's too one-world <laughs> government for me. I'm like, uh, you know... Uh, televangelists you know they're coming to get you with a fingerprint you know i don't know man i would like to take my wife out to eat 
and get the the ticket and it's on a little iPad mm. and you just swipe your card and you do your thumb. Mm. I, I guess that is kind of scary. I don't but, know. You know what you should look for is like a chip in your hand that you could scan. <laughs> oh, look, there it is right there. <laughs> they have that technology now. Uh, I tease, I tease. Anyway, <laughs> when Hawaii pushed out a ballistic missile alert earlier this month, Governor David Ige knew within two minutes it was a false alarm, but he couldn't hop on Twitter and tell everybody because he didn't know his password. Quote, I have to confess that I don't know my Twitter account login and passwords, Ige told reporters Monday after giving his State of the State address. I will be putting that on my phone, which, I mean, you don't really, I guess you could, I don't know. Well, yeah, you you probably should have some access to uh, maybe a post it note. Yeah. Maybe right beside the one. I would feel like somebody on his staff probably set up the Twitter for him and could have been like, hey, Gov. Yeah. Your your Twitter password is Hawaii Gov one, you know. I figured the governor would just, you know, you know, point to one of the twenty somethings that's working for him and be like, Hey, tweet this out. Tweet this out, you know, at me on it or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Or can you not just commandeer a TV station or something as the governor? Mm-hmm. They can't have that many in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, he just says he's gonna he's gonna try to do better. He knew that it was a false alert immediately, but he couldn't he couldn't tweet it out. He was uh, making calls and telling people. Says uh, here at the bottom, if North Korea were to launch a missile toward Hawaii, the 1.4 million residents of the islands would have about 20 minutes notice before it hit. The Emergency Management Agency has begun testing the state's nuclear warning siren. Residents have been told their best plan of action is to remain inside and shelter in place until it's safe to leave. Okay. So, not a whole lot you can do. Um, you can maybe try to seek shelter. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. We, we're in no position to talk given our track record of governors <laughs> in Alabama. Right. <laughs> We've had some winners, but... Uh, <laughs> You would think if you're capable of running the state, you could keep your Twitter password straight. That's all I'm saying, Gov, Hawaii guy. But you probably like pineapple on your pizza, too, so I don't feel so bad for you now that I, that I just thought about that. How much do they put pineapple on everything down there? Maybe. Yeah, I got to. I don't know. seems Polynesian, you know, to do. Um, somebody, again, here we go. Somebody in the Facebook group was talking about how uh, how American Hawaiian or Hawaii, uh, pineapples were. And like, there's this huge pineapple farm like near uh, uh, what, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, right, yeah. But uh, when I looked it up, apparently it's nowhere near as big as it used to be. And it's only like a small part of the hmm. pineapples that we eat come from Hawaii. So, huh. Where do we import the rest of our pineapples from? I, I don't know. I got to plead ignorance. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about the pineapple game other than Dole, you know. My wife loves pineapple, and I think and pineapples are good. I like pineapple, too, but it doesn't belong in a pizzeria. No. I'll take a pineapple dump cake or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely not on a pizza. Doesn't work. What else we got? All right. Well, this is another um, kind of old story, I guess you could say. This is from last week. We didn't get to it, but the headline really caught my attention. Um, underwear dance in dorm nearly gets Russian cadets expelled. Uh-oh. Yeah. An underwear dance video filmed in a college dormitory nearly got some Russian cadet pilots expelled and sparked a discussion among Russia's political elite. Now, this was at <laughs> Ilyaskov Civil Aviation <laughs> Institute. Right. That yeah, Ilya. I'm, I'm sure that's how you say it. In fact, I'm positive that's how you say it. 
And I was shocked to learn when I went online to find the video that it was an all-male rendition of the <laughs> official video for Benny Benassi's Satisfaction. And it showed a dozen freshmen wearing boxer shorts, boots, chest straps, and cadet caps thrusting their hips to the beat as they walked around the dorm, mopped the floor, and ironed their shirts. Hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, so basically, Russian teenagers are, are a lot like American teenagers. Yeah, right, yeah. Just I mean, boys will be boys. People are people. And that's one thing I'm slowly learning from this podcast is uh, <laughs> yeah. people are people We're worldwide. not so different. Yeah, we're not so different. And we like to act like we have, you know, our college-age people are the mm-hmm. only ones who make bad decisions. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Next year, they'll be eating Tide Pods. Yes. Let's see. Legendary Russian test pilot. Magomed, Magomed, Toy Boy V, Toy Boy V, <laughs> right? <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "When children dance like this, it's a tragedy. A tragedy. <laughs> a tragedy." <laughs> there we go. Had to pause. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and a state-owned media channel devoted twenty minutes to it. Um, twenty minutes on the underwear dance. Yes. Uh, a member of the Kremlin's People's Front movement, his name's Ivan Makachonik. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, uh, is this what we're going to show our enemies? Uh, and uh, another guy... Who so he's had, worried about uh, Russian pilots yeah. flying missions right. and the people on the ground fixing to get bombed are like, we're not scared of those yeah, bombs this, because they, these guys danced in their underwear. around in their underwear. Yes. I feel like it's still pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, if a bomber's coming at you. Like, here they're coming. And you hear that. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to get you, comrade. <laughs> it's still scary to me. Hey. It's still scary. Hey, here comes the bombs. <laughs> uh, that's, still, that's still terrifying. Yeah, that's. I mean, if a bomb's coming, I don't care if you're <laughs> dancing in your underwear or not. It, it can be me. painted pink. It's, it's yeah, still a bomb. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Zirinovsky. Uh, is an eccentric leader of the LDPR party. I'm not sure what that stands for. I'm sure it's something Russian. He took up for him, didn't he? Yeah, he took up for him, and uh, he says he thinks the freshmen were undressed because the dorm was too hot. He said the central <laughs> heating was working too well, he said. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they were dancing in the right. underwear. It's just too hot. But I just wanted to warn our listeners, if you see the headline scroll across, underwear dance in dorm nearly gets Russian cadets exposed. It's definitely all male, and uh, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with a bunch of guys dancing around having a good time. Um, yeah, we have just, those over here. They're called Marines. <laughs> just uh, may not be what you expect when you do the old Google search for it. Right. Okay. Right here, San Francisco uh, Gate Allegedly passed out drunk on Bay Bridge. Tesla driver claims car was on autopilot. Well. All right. So are you familiar with the car company Tesla? Yeah, I know a little bit about it. I'm, I'm not well-versed in it because I'll never be able to afford one of those yeah. cars. So, Well, I mean, I, well, I, I still probably won't be able to drive one. But they do claim that here, you know, at some point they're going to be putting out, you know, sort of a, you know. Like the Kia version. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I got Exactly. You. But, um, it, you know, the, the CEO is Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about Elon Musk, he's also the CEO SpaceX. of SpaceX. Right. He's a he's a modern, he's a real-life Tony Stark, basically. Yeah. You know, trying to save the world through technology. 
He's also uh, started a new company called The Boring Company, oh. and they're going to be digging tunnels under Los Angeles because he's tired of sitting in traffic. Wow. I thought we might could name our podcast <laughs> The Boring Company, but it's, it's already taken. Wow. It's already taken. Huh. And anyway, back to the article, these uh, Tesla cars have an autopilot feature. Mm-hmm. For real. I've seen it before, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, here we go. Uh Autopilot should not be conflated to self-driving, as one allegedly inebriated Tesla driver found out after failing to cross the Bay Bridge last Saturday evening. The man had apparently passed out in the stopped car while stuck in the busy flow of the bridge traffic at 5.30 p.m. that day, according to California Highway Patrol. When he was awoken, he ostensibly attempted to reassure arresting CHP officers on site that, hey, y'all, chill out. The car's on autopilot. Hey, guys, I'm not even driving. (laughs) I'm a passenger. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, the CHP was on site immediately. It's pretty quick that we get those calls. Officer Vu Williams of the San Francisco CHP tells San Francisco Gate, we always have units patrolling the bridge. According to the California Highway Patrol, the man had a blood alcohol level of at least twice the legal limit. Okay. He was arrested and charged with suspicion of DUI after being reported by drivers who saw him stopped in traffic. Um, they arrested him, They uh, and then they towed his car. His car did not drive itself to the tow yards. <laughs> so... <laughs> But uh, Tesla has long advised autopilot drivers to maintain consciousness while driving. That's sure. good. Yeah. And to keep their hands on the steering wheel should anything go wrong. So, but, you know, I bring up this article because this really is interesting where we're going to be, like, in the next, you know, right. probably few years. I, I don't know exactly when, maybe 10 or yeah. maybe less. I, sure, I don't think it'll be more than that. But we're going to see self-driving cars. And, right. You know, if you're you know, wasted. Can, can you can get you come in home your from robot the car? Yeah. Can Kit drive you home? I, I don't know. You know, huh? I mean, ultimately, I guess the way the law is written now, if you're behind the wheel, you're responsible for what goes right. on in the car. Yeah. So I would fire up the autopilot, jump in the back seat. <laughs> and go to sleep. And just go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And then if your car stalls out, then you're like, well, whoever was driving must have left. You know, that way there's like some plausible de- deniability. <laughs> If you like tie one on, though, that would be convenient. What I mean, happens when Apple comes out with a car that doesn't have a steering wheel and you just tell Siri where you want to go? Right. That's I will get to that. <laughs> I mean, I could see. Um, not that I've ever, mom. Not that I've ever been this way before, <laughs> but I've heard that one of the difficulties of taking a cab home or riding home with a, a friend is that you have to get your car the next day, which right. is left at the bar. You're not feeling too well, and you got to yeah. get up and go do all hassle all that. So that would really take care of that. So mm-hmm. you know, it may not be a bad thing. Less drunken driving crashes is a good thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know very little about that because I I really spent all my time in college reading my Bible and praying. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> okay, this is a international story from the San Francisco Gate, though. Uh, the the headline reads. Villagers put frozen meteor in fridge, and it turns out to be airline poop. Are you serious? (laughs) serious. Indian villagers were so excited by a frozen meteor that crashed into a farmer's field Saturday that a few gathered pieces of the rock and stashed them in their refrigerators. 
Meteorites, if you didn't know, because I didn't know, can be worth thousands of dollars, but this unidentified falling object was not from outer space. Wasn't worth crap. Yeah, wasn't (laughs) worth crap. According to the Indian Express and the International Business Times, the yellow-brown meteor weighing, Uh. weighing around 20 pounds had a transparent surface and resembled ice, and the impact created a one-foot-deep hole in the field. Wow. Yeah, that's coming, that's coming down with some speed. Uh, here's what one of the uh, eyewitnesses, Govan Singh, said. I rushed to the spot and saw the object. It seemed to weigh at least 8 or 10 kilograms, judging by the dent it had made in the ground. Um, initially, we thought it could be ice, but it was not melting, so we figured it must have some kind of chemical in it. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it did. Um, a team of scientists from the India, India Meteorological Department was assembled and collected samples of the object at the site. And their verdict was the meteor was actually frozen feces. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyways, if you didn't know, this is apparently a problem in India. Right. Um, the government... Yeah. Back in 2016, passed an order forbidding airlines from emptying their toilet tanks mid-air. So they were doing that so much that they actually had to. Oh yeah, oh, write yeah. a law. It's a don't uh, do that. It's a fifty thousand dollar or fifty thousand rupee fine for that, which is seven hundred eighty-two dollars. If you needed to know, so well for an airline company, they, yeah. they're probably not too worried about I that. Wouldn't. But in 2016, a woman from Mad a, wo- a woman from Madhya Pradesh suffered a severe head injury after she was hit by a frozen football-sized chunk of poop. That is a bad day. Which really, if my kids had been there, they would have called her a poopy head for the rest of her life. <laughs> that is a bad day. That was, that was a big insult when they were younger. It was a poopy head. Mm. Which sometimes I still call people poopy head. Well, the villagers who thought they had valuable, uh, you know, meteorites and stashed in their uh, in their fridges, when they were told the truth, they were very distraught. Uh, one villager, this is what he had to say: "Yeah, that's that's a space peanut." <laughs> <laughs> For all our Joe Dirt fans out there, <laughs> yeah, I thought that only happened in Joe Dirt. Apparently, no. I, you know. I mean, it's never. I've never contemplated what planes do. You know, <laughs> right? Like I covered in one of our earlier podcasts. I've, I got very strict bathroom rules, and <laughs> I'll never number two on an airplane ever. <laughs> I don't care what's happening. I'll never do it. That's just a hard and fast rule for me, or, or like a Greyhound bus or anything like that. Right. Number one, number one only. But uh, so I've never really thought about it. But yeah, I guess you got to get rid of it somewhere, right? Well, I think most planes. They do that when they land, like they're refueling slash. Yeah, like you, I figure you have like, like a an truck. RV. Yeah, like an know? RV, you come yeah, out there yeah. and hook a hose up, and it, it does whatever it does. But I remember uh, one of my stepdads, and this is the same one who was a lumberjack mm-hmm. for a while. He was a truck driver too. He okay. was, I guess, really a jack of all trades. Yeah, and uh, he said that when he was, uh, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is true or not, but he claims. He was, you know, out west in the desert, driving through the desert, and, you know, his truck got hit by one of these, you know, falling frozen poop bombs. Wow. And, you know, of course, you know, we're all laughing, and I was a teenager, so I just, you know, I believed it. Sure. Hook, line, and sinker. And I remember, you know, when I was in my early 20s, we're watching Joe Dirt, and we're (laughs) laughing at that iconic scene where he's, you know, in the... In the shop trying to sell his, you know, Space. chunk of poop. <laughs> and he, uh, 
And I was like, hey, guys, that, you know, that, that really happens. They really do that. It happened to my stepdad. And I got shouted down. Oh. You know, I got called an idiot because I, you know, believe this. But reading this I mean, article. that makes me believe. I believe you, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, where did Joe Dirt get the idea from? Apparently. Yeah. Maybe the, Bollywood's a real thing over in India. They make movies over there. So, so Zach Montroy, if you're out there, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you sir <laughs> if you were here i would punch you right in the face <laughs> i was right i'm vindicated I'm totally vindicated uh, yeah i don't know i will i'll just say this if i ever see a rock falling from the sky now i will be definitely cautious about picking it up <laughs> right. i'll be like all right everybody keep your nobody touch it just yet let's call someone in first to look at it but we got dibs on it we saw it but nobody touch it yeah yeah well, next oh, another qu- I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. D- did it freeze on the way down? Yeah, they say that, you know, because they're so high up. They're so high up okay. that, it, yeah, it freezes. All which right. You would think, I guess, something coming into our atmosphere from outer space is going to burn up. Right. But I guess something not quite so, so high is yeah. going to freeze. Well, you think what a plane flies like, what, maybe 30,000 feet? I don't know. I've flew on, flown on a plane, but I don't ever remember how high uh, we are. I think it's a mile, but I just know right. that from innuendos. <laughs> from, yes, I've heard about a club you can join. I don't know. I, I don't know what it takes to get into that. Never, <laughs> I, I was at Bible study. Anyway, <laughs> on to our next article here. Real life John Wick takes out man who killed his dog by ramming him into a brick wall. That's cold. That is cold. (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar with John Wick? I've never seen the movie John Wick. I know what it is. I'm aware Mm -hmm. of it, but I've I've never watched it. Uh, Basically, a former mob hitman uh, goes on a murder spree after these aggravating kids killed his dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's basically the movie summed up. Man's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's find out about the uh, the real life John Wick, shall we? With all the vengeful fury of a real life John Wick, a Chinese pet owner killed a man suspected of murdering half a dozen dogs with poison. Security camera footage recorded in the provincial city of Yangzhou reportedly showed an assailant assail, that's a hard word shooting a dog with a poison dart gun before fleeing the scene on his scooter. Look, assailant. <laughs> Is a hard word, but you you buzz through Yang Zhao like a pro. I just want to drop that in there. Back to the story. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, my mind. I like to think this guy was probably a member of the Triads, and yeah. this was like a heavily modded, kitted out scooter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got pipes and. And he know. probably wasn't driving. He was probably sitting on oh, like, yeah, the right. back seat yeah. so he could assassinate these yeah, dogs yeah. and right. speed away. Huh. What's? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, you got a beef with somebody's dog, you know? Well, uh, we'll we'll find out about that later. But for now, when the pet's owner found his pooch whimpering and paralyzed, he chased down the suspect with his car and rammed him through the brick wall of a shop, according to Metro. Yangzhou City Police arrested the driver on manslaughter charges after the dog poisoner died at the scene. Hmm. Okay, now this is the pet owner's family here. They're taking up for him. The pet owner's family claims he got the pedals confused as to the car he was driving, and he he thought he was hitting the brakes, but really he hit the gas and and, and rammed him. He didn't mean huh. to do it. I would have went with clutch. He hit the clutch. You know, <laughs> right. that's be a little more believable. Yeah. And then a relative of the deceased says, even if that, even if we were in the wrong, which he says we is, is he implicating yeah. himself in on this? <laughs> I don't is know. he is, is he's probably like, get him, Jim Bob. <laughs> yeah. was, was he like the mastermind of this? I whole wouldn't dog let nobody do my dog that way and sit around and do nothing. 
Yeah. Anyway, it says, even if we were in the wrong, that does not give you the right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Which I think it does. <laughs> I really do. Maybe the law works differently in China, but I think it does. Okay. So why did this guy do this? Um, well, we have a theory, and I just want everyone to know I'm not trying to bolster stereotypes here. I'm reading an article. Okay, so you can take this for what it's worth. <laughs> Dog poisoning has become all too common in regions across China. The Telegraph reports that hunted pets are sold to restaurants for meat. Okay. As recently as December, so last month, yeah. 2,000 pounds of dead dogs were found during a cold storage raid at a facility in the Chinese province of Anhui. So they're not cool with eating dogs? Uh, apparently they... Well, I, I guess mean, they are cool. They're, but they're, apparently the authorities aren't cool with them. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess not. Maybe okay. they're trying to get away from this, this stereotype yeah, we right. have. Like, but, look, everybody's on us all, all over the world. Yeah, for, like, everyone's on us about eating dogs. But huh. if, we want, if we want to beat this stereotype, we have to quit doing it. Well, I don't know that poisoning the dog is the best way. Like, if you're going to eat a That's dog, a good point. you wouldn't want to poison it yeah. beforehand. Nobody hunts deer poisoning them. Right, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, that seems short-sighted oh, <laughs> yeah. that seems like more of a this dog's barking all night long and keeping me up and i right. want to go shoot it with a poison dark off the back of my scooter <laughs> yeah. right no i don't know i have a dog that barks a lot his name's jay barker <laughs> it's a double Clever. entendre he was a 1992 quarterback of our 1992 alabama national championship team but he also <laughs> barks all the time <laughs> So if if one of my neighbors took him out with a poison dart, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of understand. You know, <laughs> right. I wouldn't ram him into a wall. I'd be like, I, I see your point, man. Right. I know you get up early to work, so yeah, I got it. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I mean, I didn't know they weren't cool with eating dogs over there. You know, no problem with people eating dogs personally. Right. I mean, I like dogs, not as a delicatessen, but as a companion. Well, I mean, I'll be honest here. If they can make, you know, a dog taste like General Zal's chicken, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, first of all. As long as it's not my dog. I, if one thing we've learned in the South, if you deep fry something, it'll taste okay. <laughs> That's you true. Know? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Oreos, chicken, pork chops, possum, fry it up, batter <laughs> yeah. it up, stick it in some hot oil. Dip it in ranch. Dip it in ranch. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't eat a dog if, you know, someone was like, hey, I got some dog I want you to try. I would definitely try it. I mean, right. I'll just be honest with you. But uh, unless it was my dog, I wouldn't want to eat them. That'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Now, you know, if the government collapses and everybody's, you know, famished mm-hmm. and there's no food, I'm killing my dog straight up. Or if my dog it. dies of natural causes. Yeah. Well, just for fun. <laughs> he just dies. You're not you really got a full pantry. I will say, uh, I can't believe I'm telling this story, but <laughs> my wife, my lovely wife, she took a, a she she was a school teacher and she went on a field trip to Rainy Ranch, which, mm-hmm. a, which is a little ranch nearby, you yeah. know, with, you know, petting zoo and all I've that. I've been there. Kids love it. And she decided she wanted like a pet pig. There you go. You know, and she was calling me up saying, hey, can I get this pig? It's so cute. And it's, you know, this much money, and it's so cute. And we can, pigs are smart, and it's so cute. <laughs> and <laughs> and I told her, I was like, she wanted this pig so bad. And so I, 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 this is the compromise we've reached. I said, you can get the pig, and we can name the pig, and have a pet pig, and it'll be great. But the day that the pig is too big, and he's not cute anymore, and we decide we don't want a pet pig anymore... We eat him. Oh, yeah. And I would make that deal. <laughs> if I was Tara, I would make that deal. Well, if I was you, I would make that deal. <laughs> on both sides of that. Well, that 
you know, that got her thinking, and she decided, you know what, no dice. <laughs> we just we we'll just keep the dog. We won't nah. have a pig. <laughs> I mean, pigs are. I've had I've got limited experience with pigs, but mm-hmm. I've had some. You know, I was a farm hand and stuff for a while. And I had to go and deliver feed to a hog farm and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, they, I mean, they seem like they would be cool pets. I got a friend who had one of the pet for forever, and mm-hmm. the pig passed away, and he's been all torn up about it for a while, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, which is understandable if it's your pet. So, you know, yeah, I have yeah. a problem. I was that way when Julius the Wonder Cat died, but I didn't eat him. <laughs> but I would eat a pig, you know. I built Julius the Wonder Cat uh, about a four-foot-tall India mound in the backyard and buried him in that, <laughs> like a proper warrior should be born right. buried. But uh, I'm sorry, it went off on a tangent, but uh, – yeah, if I were to get a pet pig and it were to pass away, I'd be like, all right, pork chops for dinner, y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can clean a pig. All right, <laughs> moving along. Uh, this story comes to us from the BBC. Um, Stilton cheese rolling canceled as no longer seen as cool. So, cheese rolling. Another thing millennials are ruining. <laughs> First it was Applebee's. And now it's the cheese rolling. Um, An annual cheese rolling event in a village famed for its dairy connections has been canceled as it is no longer seen as cool, organizers said. Hmm. And I got some ideas about how to bring it back. We'll cover that at the end. Gotcha. It says it's taken place for more than 50 years in Stilton, Cambridgeshire, which some claim to be the true home of its namesake cheese. However, the organizers canceled the May event citing a lack of interest, the Peterborough Telegraph reported. Only two teams registered last year, but it is hoped it will go ahead in 2019. Which so they're hoping that maybe if they just call it off this year, that next year it'll be like, hey, bring yeah. back cheese rolling. Right, yeah, oh, we missed cheese rolling. But to <laughs> me, if you got two teams, you can still go at it. That's you know? a, yeah, There's a winner absolutely. and there's a loser. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, to make a real contest, they say they need 12 to 16 men's teams and 8 to 12 ladies' teams. Just another example of the patriarchy dominating everything. (laughs) (laughs) We have not come anywhere near these targets for four years, they said. And it's no longer seen as cool. Uh, Which on their little sign here, which you'll see linked in the show notes, they have like a picture of the cheese rolling guy. You know, I know that's kind of pixelated from printing it out on paper, but I mean, that's like on the sign going into town, which some dude... Later on, the article is like we should uh, we should just change the sign now. That it's not going to be there. Um, it says, in addition to a disappointing lack of enthusiasm for rolling cheese shaped logs around the village, nobody wants to organize the race. And I feel like that's probably the real hang up. You know, like whoever's in charge, they there's retired. probably a lot of people who want to roll the cheese. But yeah, but no one's nobody, like they don't want to put the they time don't want to be responsible. Yeah, yeah. they want to put the time and effort into making the the cheese rolling happen. And the cost of organizing the event, ensuring the event, disposing of waste, which I could just drop it out of an airplane, <laughs> and public order issues were also cited as reasons for the cancellation. Huh. Um, no, a number of people have dis- a number of people have expressed disappointment at the news, and uh, they point out, like I said, that the Stilton Village sign depicts cheese rolling. So. Um, sadly, for anyone who is planning on making a trip to Stilton in Cambridgeshire to uh, the cheese roll and it's 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 over with now two things number one if they want to bring this thing back all they got to do is tie alcohol to it all right (laughs) 
If you don't think drunk people will <laughs> roll a log of cheese down the street all day long yeah. and sign up excitedly to do so, then you're wrong and you're naive <laughs> about how things work. All right? So if you make it like a craft beer festival slash cheese rolling, it'll mm-hmm. work. you know. Or like, hey, let's drink. Because wine and cheese goes together. That's right. a, Oh, man. Right. It's like a stroke of genius on my part. <laughs> you know, do like, hey, we got to drink a bottle of wine and then roll the cheese down the street. People will be in on it all day long. And so um, I just want to throw that out there for our one UK listener. <laughs> man, if you can pass that idea along for me uh, to the people and let them know because we want to see it come back. How do, you, how do you do the, the cheese rolling okay. competition? What like Is it just like a race, but people are rolling a, yeah. a log of cheese? Right, yes. Uh, they have a, ro- a log of cheese, mm-hmm. and they have a course around the city that mm-hmm. they roll it along. Now, these huh. people in the opening picture appear to be dressed as Ku Klux Klan members. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think they might be Smurfs, really. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you wear that in Alabama, everybody's looks, thinking Klan. That looks kind of cultic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh man. Uh, but, you know, in our, uh, in Fayette, the town I grew up on, or grew up in, they have the Frog Level Festival, world famous Frog right. Level Festival. Where we have the uh, cheese cutting competition. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but years ago, they had bed races. Yeah. I don't know. This may have ended before you were really even aware i know the the festival went away for a while but like mm-hmm. teams would compete and they would take a bed put wheels on it somebody would ride the bed and they would push it down the main street <laughs> and bed and like my dad yeah i missed out on that my dad's I remember grocery mule day, store but i don't oh, remember yeah. the frog level festival. Oh, mule day you know that's winfield right and gordo gordo has a mule day Do they have a mule day oh, they have now? a mule day slash chicken fest oh, in gordo because okay. they're not gonna let winfield steal their thunder <laughs> right. which chickens are huge in gordo if you didn't right. know that's like where all the chickens we eat around here come from but yeah anyway so i mean i'm all for a crazy race mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm telling you get the you know, whatever, two bottles of wine and then roll the cheese thing going and that the you'll never have to worry about the cheese thing going away again. People of Stilton, Chambershire, England. Well, speaking of cheese, I got a, a story from uh, the Press Herald. Lighthearted vigil for burned down Taco Bell draws more than a hundred. Wow. A hundred people. All right. Now where's this story out of? This is <laughs> Right straight out of Montgomery, Alabama, Beautiful. not too far from here. This Beautiful. is our that's home our state, state. State capital. <laughs> yep, that's our state capital. <laughs> Was Governor Kay Ivey there? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> it started, as many things do on the internet, as a joke. It ended with dripping candle wax and a box of tacos tossed from the bed of a pickup truck yards away from the charred and partially collapsed remains of a 24-hour Taco Bell restaurant. Mm. The fast food restaurant caught fire in the early hours of Wednesday, January 17th. No one was injured, and authorities haven't determined the cause of the blaze. Mm, already know. but the <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll explain it later. I already know. Okay. But the closure of the Taco Bell, a bastion of cheap, delicious, and nearly always available food for young people and anyone looking to save a few dollars, hit close to home for many current and former Montgomery residents. A Facebook proposal for a candlelight vigil to mourn the restaurant went viral, and more than 100 people showed up Sunday night to honor their fallen favorite, which, 
you know, 100 people doesn't sound like a lot of people, but I couldn't get 100 people to come to, like, no. the Earth Oddity Festival. Right. We can barely get 100 people to listen to it right now. <laughs> no. So, you know, I, I give them props. Yeah, no, props. I agree. A uh, Facebook proposal for a candlelight vigil to mourn the restaurant. Oh, I read that part already. Sorry. That's okay. The crowd, many in their teens and early 20s, brought Taco Bell products and candles milling about the parking lot of the adjacent Arby's after event organizers found that the Taco Bell lot was closed off. Oh, man. I bet you the Arby's manager was all mad about it, too. Local comedian Ashley Nicole Portis performed a reprise of a Taco Bell parody video she released last year. <laughs> a recent graduate of Alabama State University, Portis said the Zelda Road restaurant was a key to surviving college. Mm. I had a lot of memories created at Taco Bell, she said. <laughs> That's kind of sad. <laughs> I was a theater major, and we had long, long rehearsal nights. It was extremely taxing, and you don't always have time to eat. You miss the cafeteria. It closes early. In Montgomery, everything closes early. After her performance and a toss of a Taco Bell party pack into the crowd, mm-hmm. a young guy with a bucket circled the parking lot, picking up bits of wax and paper the crowd had dropped. Oh. The vigil was lighthearted for all involved, but Portis said Taco Bell was a favorite of hers for the reason, same reason many young people, just old enough to drive their parents' car to a quick dinner or confined to kitchenless dorms, are often drawn to these fast food joints. Waffle House is open, but if you really want to get full, you've got to you got to have ten dollars, and sometimes you don't have that. She said. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're out of waffles, but Taco Bell they're never out of tortillas. Uh, okay, she's got a point there. <laughs> As the crowd began to break up, some headed into the Arby's for a late night, but the restaurant closes at midnight, and does a and so does a nearby ta- uh, McDonald's. So with the loss of Taco Bell, Montgomery's late night options have dwindled to a precious few. And uh, this next part is, is beautiful. I actually got choked up here. Okay. When my wife, then girlfriend, lived in Auburn and I lived in Birmingham, you were the light in the darkness on the road at 2 a.m. when all other restaurants were closed, said Sean Gibbons. He wrote of the restaurant on Facebook last week, When McDonald's failed me, you lifted me up. Mm. When Sonic was closed, you filled my cup. Mm. When Arby's went dark, you made me smile. Your quesadillas sustained me mile after mile. Oh, that is beautiful. Poetry, John. That's poetry. Beautiful poetry. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know where to go after that. Yeah, that'll bring a tear to a glass eye, you know? First of all, if, you, if a restaurant ever burns down, first thing you got to look at, especially if it's a franchise, is the franchise owner wanting to get out and get an insurance check and be done with the headache of it. I know this from owning a franchise restaurant for a while. Um, there were many nights I sat in there and were like, can I ethically and morally justify burning this place to the ground and walking away from it? Um, so just for the Montgomery Fire investigators, you might want to do an interview. Hot tip. Yeah, you might just want to. Give him, get him in the office, put him under the bright lights, and see if he breaks. Because that's what happened. If it's undetermined, right. you know, if they weren't like, okay, somebody left the cheese dip, you know, warmer on yeah. all night. It's not the fire sauce. Yeah, it's not the fire sauce. <laughs> it's definitely the owner. But, uh, you know, Taco Bell has meant a lot to many of us yes. at times of our life. And I agree, as a father, 
and husband that has to feed five people. I mean, you can get out of Taco Bell with everybody full on about $20. You right. know? Yeah. And so that's a beautiful thing in this world. If you go to McDonald's, it's going to cost you 35 for yeah. everybody to get Happy Meals and combos and all that. So, and you got to order like five or six things off the value menu. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, now Wendy's, I mean, just plug Wendy's a little bit. They got that four for four thing now. Yeah. Which our Wendy's burnt down and it's finally reopened, which I thought the same thing when it burnt down. <laughs> it just sat there forever and nobody's doing anything until they tore it down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, some dude took his check and went on home with that. And I would like <laughs> kick myself. I'm like, why didn't I burn my place down? Or like, you know, why didn't the Lord answer my prayers with a bolt of lightning and just disintegrate it for me? But uh, yeah, anyways, I, I'm I would I might be sad, and I don't know. As a 41 year old man, I'll get out to the vigil for the Taco Bell. Yeah, but uh, you wouldn't get out there and mingle with the kids. Yeah, right. That would just be creepy. You know, like, what's, this, what's this old dude here for? You know? Yeah. What's up, fellow kids? I am uh, here to celebrate Taco Bell with you. <laughs> All right, now this one comes uh, from the, uh, yeah, we're all the same type of people um, category around the world because people, you know, we live in America and we got a lot of problems, but so does the rest of the world too. Um, They're rednecks everywhere. Um, This is from the BBC. Nutella riots spread across French supermarkets. <laughs> Nutella riots. Yeah, Nutella riots. Is that how you say it? Nutella. I've actually never had. I've Nutella. never had Nutella. Right. I've seen it. I've seen it too. I've even I've had... stocked it when I worked as a in a grocery store, <laughs> but I've never had it. People I love and trust tell me it's great. I've just never taken that jump. You know? Right into Earth Oddity, Earth Oddity at PlanetMail.net and tell us what you think of right. Nutella. Yeah, tell and us. would you punch an old lady in the face to get the, <laughs> the last discounted jar? Because they, that happened, all right. And uh, and you're you know you're probably going well Alabama, but no, this is France. Yeah, this is France that this happened in culture. Oui, oui. Yeah, cultured France with you know thousands of years of art and culture and music and yes. everything that we don't have here. Um, history. Yeah, history. Uh, but they're punching grandmas in the face for a little. You know, jar of Nutella. Uh, now, I will say that France did have the guillotine. So, I mean, let's not act like they've always been ahead of us, all right? No pun intended. Yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. A discount on Nutella. Nutella, I still don't know if I'm saying it right, has led to violent scenes in a chain of French supermarkets as shoppers jostled to grab a bargain on the sweet spread. The sweet spread. Yes. I like that. Intermarché supermarkets. Took two years of French in high school. This ought to be a breeze for <laughs> Good me. Good job. Um, offered a 70% discount on the, on Nutella, bringing the price down from 450 francs to $1.40 francs. That's a franc symbol, by the way, if you didn't know. I did not know that. I remember that, that from French one. <laughs> um, but police were called when people began fighting and pushing one another. And this is my, I love this quote. They are like animals. A woman had her hair pulled. An elderly lady took a box on her head. Another had a bloody hand. One customer told the French media. A member of the staff at one Intermarché shop in central France told the regional newspaper Le Progress. We were trying to get in. I think that means progress. Yeah, I think so. We were trying to get in between the customers, but they were pushing us. Which, if you're the stock boy, one push, and you're like, I'm out of this. Right. Y'all just fight for it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Similar scenes have been recorded reported across France, with some being described as riots. Um, now, here's an interesting fact. Some 365 million kilos of Nutella, a hazelnut chocolate spread, is consumed every year in 160 countries around the world. Huh. So, seems pretty popular. Yeah. I don't know how much a uh, million kilos, 365 million kilos is, because forever <laughs> ago we were just like, forget the logic and, you know, <laughs> sense that the metric system makes. We're staying with our really odd, you right. know. Because basically there's two units of measure. There's yeah. like the metric system, and then there's the one that took us to the moon. <laughs> so, you know. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk every Black Friday, you're watching videos of people fighting over like a $99 TV in Walmart <laughs> right. or whatever. This is and at least nut- that's $99. <laughs> this is the Nutella yeah, Black a, Friday. Yeah, they must. I mean, first of all, it must be really good. Like, my friends must be right. Because if you're willing to punch an old lady for it, then it's got to be some good. Um, but, you know, I don't know that, uh, you know, like if you think of France and they're all sitting around smoking cigarettes with the stems on them and everything yeah, and yeah. looking down their noses at America that they're any better than us. so. <laughs> but maybe this is like happening in the Alabama, you know, region of France, and there's like an intermarché supermarkets. It's like they're Walmart. I don't know. Right. So maybe it's just like an equal comparison. But maybe. I just wanted to point out that we're not the only one fighting over stupid stuff, yeah. <laughs> pushing our <laughs> and, fellow citizens to the ground. And chill out. There's there's enough Nutella to go yeah, around, right? Yeah. hopefully. I, I would feel like there is. Yeah. They're only in 160 countries, so they got <laughs> they could shift some stock around and make this happen. Okay, well, this next article we have here is, uh, man, it's, it's precious. Oh, yeah? In fact, I'm going to get a little, uh, little music in the background as I read. <laughs> Donald Trump's hatred of sharks benefits conservation charities. Donald Trump's alleged hatred of sharks has inspired people to financially support international shark charities. The U.S. president's dislike for the marine animal was revealed last week in an In Touch weekly interview with actress Stormy Daniels. Now, I'm not going to well, do your. Think we, I'm, don't not, get into that one. I'm not going to do your homework on this one, folks. <laughs> yeah. Just you know how to Google. Just make sure safe search is on. I would use the term actress liberally. <laughs> but yeah, she that's, claims, that's a stretch. She claims that her and Donald Trump, you know, back in the early aughts, had a thing, and he <laughs> revealed to her that he can't stand sharks. Uh, okay. He reportedly told her that he would never give money to shark charities, adding, I hope all sharks die. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually with Trump on this one. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want them all to die. Just the ones around the Gulf where we swim. <laughs> shark conservation groups have since noted an uptick in donations with one message, because Trump. <laughs> <laughs> charities such as Atlantic White Shark Conservant, Conservancy yeah, and the right. Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. I think aren't those the guys fighting yeah, this, the Japanese whalers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Told Market Watch they had a outpouring of donations. I can. It can certainly be a challenge to raise money for a species that most people fear. Atlantic White Shark Conservancy Chief Executive Officer. Wow, the AWSCCEO <laughs> Cynthia Will Green told the Financial News website. We have been receiving donations in Trump's name ever since the story was published. All right. According to Newsweek, someone adopted a 13-foot female white shark over the weekend last spotted off the coast of Mexico in the name of Donald Trump. 
Even UK shark conservation groups like the Shark Trust, based in Plymouth, spotted a noticeable boost to their coffers. A spokesperson told the BBC that passionate messages came with the donations but were not fit for publication. <laughs> so um, she claims, and this is back to the you know, Ms. Daniels, she claimed that after watching Shark Week on Discovery Channel, Mr. Trump said, I donate to all these charities, and I would never donate any charity that helps sharks. That's a, okay, that's a good <laughs> Trump impression. Well, I, I don't think it was that good, but nah, I did my best. Nah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Ms. Daniel says that he is obsessed with and terrified of sharks. Well, so I mean, the same thing that happened to Trump <laughs> happened to me. All right, I grew up. Every single year of my life, we went to the beach on a vacation. All right, I swam in the ocean without a second thought in the world. Yeah. After the first Shark Week I watched, I was like, I'm never getting in the ocean again. All right, those Ruined it for you. Are, are out to get us all, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I'm, in, I'm not anti-shark, but I'm not pro-shark either. Right. And I just... I just don't want to get eaten by a shark, but, uh, I'll say this and I want to, everyone out there in the listening audience should know that I am not a marine biologist <laughs> and I'm not up to date on all the plight, the plight of the shark. But, uh, I thought they were an apex predator. Do they yeah. need our help? I thought they were, you know, yeah, they pretty kicking much taking, butt, care taking names out there in the ocean. I'm sure there's some kind of, you know, like pesticide or something that's in the ocean. Yeah, that's killing them. You know, it's like washed down <laughs> right, rivers. Okay, you know, like okay, there's yeah. the dead zone yeah, in the yeah, Gulf yeah, and yeah. all. So I figured there's something like that that's probably out to get them. But yeah, yeah, I don't. And there's no anything. real life Captain Planet to save the sharks. Right. Yes, but um, I mean, Trump being anti-shark <laughs> is uh, it's actually not surprising at all <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> You know, um, to just two things. Number one, this is why you don't sleep around your wife, all right? Because stuff like this comes <laughs> out. I mean, I, I just had to put it out there. That if, if you do that, then everybody's going to know you hate sharks or whatever. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, number two, in a way, Donald Trump may be responsible for saving sharks, <laughs> you know? Talk about like, your all-time backfires. Yeah, like the people who hate him are going to end up like funding all this stuff to save sharks because they feel like it bothers him. But in the end, they're getting the ultimate goal they want. Which why aren't you donating money to save sharks anyway? No, so, if he's a if he's a stable genius like he claims to be, claims he should, to be, he should come out next week and be like, "I love sharks. They're great. They're the best. <laughs> they're the, the, best. the sharks are the best." And then everyone will go out and start I'm, hunting sharks. I'm setting aside, you know, a million dollars in the budget to go to shark, you know, study and research. <laughs> yeah. And to bring them back to their natural habitats or whatever, you know, build coral reefs. I don't know how all that works. Yeah. I do have a friend who is like a, a marine biologist, though, who lives out west on the in Oregon or Washington, one of those places mm -hmm. it rains all the time, and and he's all the time putting up cool stuff. And, cool. Yeah. So I should ask him. Yeah. About send that. him like, an email. Yeah. Tell him we can have him on the show and talk What's about up, JP? the plight of the sharks. Yeah. Maybe you're listening, JP. Just <laughs> hit me up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, fellow Eagle Scout, by the way. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, he's a good dude. What um, else we got? Okay. <clears throat> a wildly popular conspiracy theory about why there are so many mattress firm stores is starting to sound less crazy. 
Uh, this is from businessinsider.com, and you may be like me and mm-hmm. have noticed that there are a ton of mattress firms around. There are. Um, there are. As What's well as other that? mattress stores, by mm-hmm. the way. Being in the furniture business like I am now, right. I, I'm much more attuned to it. Um, it says there are over 3,500 mattress firms in the United States. Seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, if you've ever wondered why there seems to be a mattress firm on every corner in your city, you're not alone. But one explanation for this phenomenon is more extreme than you might expect. On Tuesday, a comment a comment on Reddit, which I may mean, take it with a grain of salt, it's on Reddit. Claiming, I pretty much believe everything I see on Reddit. I believe everything on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming that Mattress Firm, the largest specialty mattress retailer in the U.S., is a money laundering operation, and it's went viral, but it's since been deleted. Uh-oh. Which I they feel got, like they got a, to him. I feel like this is like the guy over at Sleep City, you know, like he's like, <laughs> let's get this thing going on, you know, like let's run them down. Uh, mattress Firm, this is what the post said. Mattress Firm is some sort of giant money laundering scheme, a Reddit user wrote, adding, I remember seeing four mattress firms all on each corner of an intersection once, and there is no way there's that uh, that such a demand for a mattress. I read that all wrong, but y'all get the point. <laughs> it's basically Los Polos Hermanos okay, from I'll, Breaking Bad, yes. but it's it's mattress firm. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Mattress firm, which required Sleepies in 2015. Sleepies? What's that? The Sleepies apparently was another mattress retailer. Oh, okay. Um, now has over 3,500 stores, some in high concentrations, but Reddit users argue that there are too many, especially <laughs> given that it stocks a product that people typically buy every 7 to 10 years. Yeah. Which is true. So Unless who's you, sleeping on all these mattresses? Well, if you're needing to reintroduce currency money into the system (laughs) um, that you've made illegally, maybe having 3,500 mattress stores is a good cover for it. Like, hey, we're uh, sold 5,000 mattresses this week, and here's, you know, whatever, you know, Mm $8,000 for that or how much ever it is. So, uh, and then, you know, never exchange any mattress. Just put the money back into your pocket. Mm -hmm. And the mattress you do exchange is like stuff full of drugs. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. No, that, it's definitely used for shipping heroin across the U.S. <laughs> yeah. uh, multiple stores equal multiple places, one user wrote. Um, multiple places to shift money between uh, and more sources for fake money to appear to come from, another user wrote. The South African retailer Steinhoff bought mattress firm for $3.8 billion in 2016. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, analysts at the time were skeptical about why Steinhoff had forked over so much for a business increasingly threatened by new startups such as Casper. Towards the end of last year, Steinhoff's stock price tanked by as much as 62% hmm. in one day, wiping out $15 billion of its market value. Wow. The company postponed publishing its full-year accounts, because they're laundering money, um, <laughs> citing accounting irregularities, and its two top executives and chairmen have resigned. So hmm. something's up with Mattress Firm. Yeah. As, as a guy who works for a retailer who sells mattresses, I'm going. I'm, I'm all in on this conspiracy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is there like a little map on oh, the yeah. top of that article? This is Austin, 
And there are in Metro Austin, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, nine, ten total mattress firm stores. So with all in just like a short yeah, little radius within a within a metro area. So oh my oh my goodness. Hold on, let me see that pin right there. Let me draw that. It forms a pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> There's Satanist you can, cult. You can connect the dots. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You've cracked the code. The code. But yeah. Uh, if you've ever wondered, as I have, you know, like why are there so many mattress firms around? That's why they're laundering money, probably trafficking drugs, right. and maybe children across the United States in the back of their mattress uh, trucks. Oh man! So I hope that there's no water to that, but because that's horrifying. Yeah, if it's it true, is. <laughs> but ask yourself how heroin has gotten itself into the middle of the country. It's because of mattress firms. <laughs> and I'll just say, if uh, you're in the market for a mattress, come and see us down at Spiller, Furn- Spiller Furniture and Mattress, uh, one of our 13 locations right. in across Alabama and Mississippi, and we'll be glad to help you out. Right. Um, they don't, we, that's not a paid sponsor. Our mattresses are drug-free. Yeah, drug-free. <laughs> we don't launder money. We're a good Christian company. We're closed on Sundays. Um, unlike mattress firms <laughs> uh, out there selling mattresses to philistines and stuff uh, and we don't launder money once again no money laundering so just come and check us out spillerfurniture.com all right i'm glad to, glad to help you out uh, this <laughs> wow i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a tough time following that but i'm gonna try yeah this uh, article is from pix11.com and it is the headline here Former Disney star arrested in connection with four armed robberies. Wow! Whoa! I tell you what these uh these little you know Disney starlets they, yeah that's... they grow up so quick and then they take <laughs> they your wallet start arm robbery. <laughs> Los Angeles: A former Disney star and his girlfriend have been arrested in connection with a series of ar- armed robberies in Burbank. PIX 11 sister station KTLA reports. Adam Hicks, 25, who was featured in the Disney Channel's Zeke and Luther, was arrested and booked in connection with the incidents that occurred on Wednesday, according to the Burbank Police Department. Have you ever seen Zeke and Luther? I am not aware of Zeke and Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was coming on before my kids you know, got into all that. Yeah. So we're and more of a uh, iCarly, you know, <laughs> gotcha. Sam and Cat type, type of household. That's what we were when they watched all right. that. A woman, Danny Tamburo, was also arrested in connection with the crimes. BuzzFeed News reported that Tamburo is Hicks' girlfriend. Mm. The first victim was walking near the intersection of Burbank Boulevard and Griffin Park Drive about 5.15 a.m. Wednesday. So, they're up early. Yeah. Or or they never went to bed. Or they're up late. (laughs) When Hicks allegedly went up to him while armed with a gun, Hicks allegedly pointed the gun at the victim and demanded his wallet. Mm. (laughs) The victim was able to run away, police said. Officers responded to the scene to investigate when three additional armed robberies occurred within minutes of each other, police said. So I guess he's just he's just going down the he's just going down the road, you know, trying to get people's wallets. <laughs> Somebody trying to break in the studio. <laughs> that was kind of scary. Yeah. It could have been old uh, Adam Hicks here from, <laughs> from Disney. Anyway, um 
All the victims were out for a walk when they were robbed, and they all provided similar descriptions of the robber in his vehicle, a dark-colored Kia. Mm. Boy, He's we have fallen from grace when we're riding around in Kia. <laughs> Nothing against our Kia owning listeners. I hear they're very dependable cars. <laughs> you think a Disney star? But yeah, would you have, think a Disney star yeah. would be riding around in at like least a like Escalade. a Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> A witness later spotted a car matching that description in the 1600 block of Scott Road. Hmm. Police responded, found the car, and detained a woman involved in at least one of the robberies. Police also found property belonging to one of the victims, along with stolen property nearby. Police were led to a home they believe was linked to the suspects in the 1800 block of North Niagara Street. SWAT members, daggone, so they got SWAT down there. SWAT members assisted in searching a, sur- a search warrant at the home, and Hicks was taken into custody. Tamburo, 23, was identified as the woman who was arrested in the car and is believed to be the driver during the robberies. Hicks and Tamburo are both being held on a $350,000 bail. Hmm. Police said they are scheduled to appear in court on Friday. Hicks played Luther Jerome Waffles on the <laughs> Disney show, which ran from 2009 to 2012. You know, some... It was around for a little bit. Yeah. The show centered around two best friends who wanted to become the world's best skaters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember skating being big during that time. Oh, yeah. Tony Hawk and all that. (laughs) Hicks also starred in the Disney movie Lemonade Mouth in 2011. His acting career dates back to 2000 when he was in the show Titus. Okay, I remember the show Titus. Okay, well, he was in there. That was actually a kind of funny show. But, oh, man, how times have changed if you're yeah. out hitting people up for their wallets. I Because you think, you think, you know, taking someone's wallet, that's like pretty, well, pretty desperate. Because nobody carries cash no, anymore. No, you're not going to get anything. Yeah, I will willingly hand anyone my wallet now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some stuff. You know, you get my debit card or whatever, but. Yeah, if he's asking for people's wallets, like, he could probably be more profitable, you know, stealing copper wire out of abandoned right. houses. Yeah, or, I mean, do like everybody else and go knock over a liquor store. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how it's done, yeah. right? Yeah. You go shove your pistol in the face of, you know, some dude behind the counter and get mm. the cash and a bottle of cheap vodka going about your life. Yeah. Let this be Like a- any normal person would do. Yeah. Let this be a, a PSA out there to any current Disney stars. You might want to get together with a financial yeah. advisor and At least be go. taking some of that big Disney bucks and putting them back somewhere Look, so you don't wind yeah. up like old. Buy the Z. Kia now so you don't have to drive the Kia later. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is my Dave Ramsey speech. <laughs> uh, buy the Kia now so you don't have to drive the Kia later. Nobody's going to care. Kawhi Leonard, uh, I, he plays for the Spurs, my favorite basketball team. I think he still drives like an old beat up suburban that he had in college. He's right. just never, and he rents an apartment that's like just a normal apartment. Yeah. And he makes, you know, millions of dollars. And that's why he's like, hey, it ain't going to last for forever. So I'm not going to spend it all now. So. <laughs> wow. Smart guy. Oh, he's like one of the. Everyone should be a Kawhi Leonard fan because he's like a really awesome dude. And root for the Spurs, anyways, because the Golden State Warriors are, um, they're no fun. They beat us. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. we're running up on time. We but, are. Uh, yeah, we are running up on time. I, I feel, but I tell you what, I do not want to leave the studio before we talk about Grumpy Cat. Okay. Can yeah. we talk about Every, Grumpy Cat? Everybody loves Grumpy Cat, <laughs> um, except the owners of uh, this company. Grumpy Cat wins $710,000 in a copyright lawsuit. 
And this is from the BBC. And he wasn't any happier no. <laughs> when the ruling uh, No, which I found out. out why he looks this way. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, Grumpy Cat Limited sued the owners of a U.S. coffee company, Grenade, for exceeding, exceeding an agreement over the cat's image. So the cat had licensed mm-hmm. the, or the company had licensed the cat's image, which is really bizarre to say. Uh, to sell with its Grumpachino <laughs> ice drink. <laughs> Sounds delicious. It does. It does. Uh, but they also sold other grumpy products against mm-hmm. the uh, the license. The right. cat's real name, which is Tartar Sauce, <laughs> <laughs> went viral in 2012 after photographs of her sour expression emerged online, which I always imagine Grumpy Cat to be a male cat. You know, I don't right. know why. It's just me. Um <laughs> In 2013, Grenade Beverage, owned by father and son Nick and Paul Sanford, struck a 150,000 deal to market iced coffee beverages with a cat scowl on its packaging. A uh, court filing claimed that they exceeded the deal by selling roasted coffee and Grumpachino t-shirts, which Grumpy Cat said blatantly infringed on their <laughs> copyrights and trademarks. A lawyer for Grenade, though, countered, and said that Grumpy Cat had failed to mention its brand enough on social, me- on social media and in a televised appearance, according to court reports. Um, they also alleged that the owners had told them that Tartar Sauce was set to star in a film alongside actors Will Ferrell and Jack Black. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, that's, it didn't happen. Oh, man. But a California federal jury sided with the cat and her owners and ordered the payment of 710000 in damages for copyright and trademark infringements, as well as a $1 nominal damage fee for breach of contract. Man. Yeah. According to the courthouse news, Grumpy Cat herself made a brief appearance during the January trial, <laughs> but was not present for the verdict. Which, how can you not have the cat there <laughs> for the verdict? You know? And um, she's like, worst verdict ever right (laughs) the cat's perpetually sad and unique expression is said to be caused by feline dwarfism and an underbite when the lower jaw (laughs) extends forward so that's why she looks the way she looks uh oh man but her owners are now seven hundred and ten thousand dollars richer and i would just like to say to my current cat holly um I'd like to see you get off your butt and make a little money for us, all right? I mean, quit knocking over house plants and, right. you know, uh, running around the house in the middle of the night like you're chasing yeah. a ghost. And let's start making some cash, cat. Become a mean machine. Also, Grenade Coffee, hit us up. We'll be glad to be <laughs> license our image out for any product you may have. Yeah. Um, we'll have a very loose trademark and copyright <laughs> agreement with you, so you can probably <laughs> infringe on it a little bit without us taking $710,000. Right. I mean, I feel like we could do it for a couple thousand. <laughs> yes. You know, just, just hit us up, man. Yeah. Earth oddity, you know, morning roast or whatever. <laughs> I don't know a lot about coffee. I've only been drinking coffee here for the last few months. So, Well, welcome to the club. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never a coffee guy and I got into it. But coffee drinkers are kind of pretentious, by the way. Well, that has been another episode of uh, Earth Oddity. Uh, decent show. Yeah. Man. <laughs> We, there was, man, I was, I'm sitting here looking at all the stories that we didn't get to, and man, there were some good ones. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time this week. Uh, sometime, maybe we can uh, get together like midweek and yeah. do like a catch-up episode or something. Right, yeah, a little short one. That'd be good. Yeah, if y'all would be interested in that, uh, let us know at right. earthoddity at plantmail.net. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at underscore earthoddity. Uh, we have Instagram. 
Um, Earth, uh, Earth underscore oddity underscore podcast. It's a lot of underscores. Yes. Uh, be sure to join our Facebook group. There's a whole lot of fun hilarity going on there. And uh, tell your friends about us. Yeah. Tell your friends. And also, Silent Side. He's has music provided by him. Check his stuff out. Link in the show notes. Tell He's your enemies it. about us, too, if you don't like us. <laughs> tell everybody about us. And listen over and over and over and over and over. That's right. Thank you. All right. We'll catch you next week. That's a wrap. We're out of here. That's all. <laughs> this has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.